Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. <laughs> My name's Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean, and man, today's a rough day for me, Chris. Why is that, Travis? I'm real. I'm really hurting for some cash, and I'm just looking for any way to score. I was hoping. Do you have any like hookups for me? Any ideas? You're saying that you're in need. I'm in need. I'm very in need. Well, you know, that makes you a trifling friend. But mm-hmm, indeed, I do think I have an idea for you. Yeah, as long as it doesn't dig on me, like give it to me. No, no, you start a podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this eh, this doesn't sound like very good advice because I had a podcast for a while and didn't make any money for a long time. <laughs> oh, you need it quick. Then I got yeah, nothing. I, I can't go through five years of making a podcast and then make a little tiny bit of money from Patreon. No, I I, I need cash like right now. Uh, then best I can tell you is like plasma donations, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, we'll record this episode and then I'll go do that. All right. Or, you know, you can go buy a Travis Scott meal from McDonald's and resell it on eBay because I hear people are paying for it. Uh, I would think you're joking, but I don't know. If I just look around me and look at the Internet, I know you're not joking. And that makes me very sad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, you get some fries this week, resell them and... uh, who knows? Next week, you might be onto something bigger and better. Yeah, it could be mopping floors. <laughs> uh, you're going reverse there, though. Yeah. Well, I'm working my way down at McDonald's. <laughs> I like that idea. Like, you know what? I'm going to take the opposite approach to everyone else. I'm going to start at the top. As somebody who worked at McDonald's, I can tell you that there's the, every, when you're at the bottom you're making fries you're mopping floors and you're working the drive through like it all sucks <laughs> there, there was a video of uh so one of the merches for the travis scott meal one uh-huh. of the merches some of the merch for the travis scott meal says like uh ask him or tell him that cactus jack sent you and you know, cactus jack being a travis scott uh-huh. thing and this guy like recorded himself at the drive-thru and he's like, could I get a Travis Scott meal? Like Cactus Jack sent me. And the woman working the drive-thru is just like, what? <laughs> he's like, Cactus Jack sent me. She's just like, what are you talking about? I'm I think like, a person at McDonald's would know this better than anybody. Yeah, but it seems like they didn't get briefed on the, the Travis Scott meal campaign all that well. Oh, Travis Scott doesn't have a seat on the board? No, I don't. I see what you did there. That is a joke that is only two hours old in relevancy. Yeah, but by the time people hear this episode on the public feed, it'll be months old. Yeah, you'll seem so lame. Yes, I will. But to the Patreon subscribers, they like it. So fresh. And clean. <laughs> what? So fresh, what are we doing? So clean, clean. Yeah, anyway, today we are continuing our journey into late registration, talking about the third song fourth track on the album the one the only gold digger mm. yeah you could almost say that we're late to this entire season because this album has been out for 15 years yes and you know this is part of our watching the throne redux going yeah, back through like kanye's it. uh discography taking what we learned the first time and applying it as well as, you know, it's been a couple years since we've looked at Cold Digger and a lot more has happened to Kanye. Kanye's spoken on a lot more subjects. We've gotten Yay, Kid See Ghost, and Jesus is King. So there's more context in which to put this song. Mm. We've also analyzed Blood on the Leaves, and this is basically like the first version of that. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. 
<laughs> like, a much more playful version though <laughs> yeah but you're starting to see i think just overall looking at late registration this like blood on the leaves as a song really starting to come together because heard him say looks at the social issues uh that kanye's seeing and looking around at and then touch the skies looking at the success that you can achieve despite those social issues and then gold diggers looking at like the dangers of that success uh, with people trying to take advantage of you and all of those things really like swirl together on a song like blood on the leaves instead of being three Mm -hmm. separate songs it's almost like those three like ends of the spectrum you're describing the three opening tracks like it's almost like they set the surf perfect foundation for the entirety of late registration. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, if you don't mind the opening spiel to <sighs> listeners that have heard this already, but one of the things that we are discovering about late registration this time around is that there really does seem to be a very deliberate setup uh, between the opening of Wake Up Mr. West and the first skit of Kanye setting the dichotomies of heard him say, which is just kind of this social injustice and the the pitfalls that Kanye saw in Chicago and pitfalls that affect black communities in America juxtaposed against Touch the Sky and the success that he's discovered and found despite the situation he was coming out of and having those pitfalls versus like the highs with something like Gold Digger positioning itself in the middle. And you're going to see those three... Uh, energies really continuing to clash over the rest of the album mm-hmm. yeah and like both in the micro and the macro sense because connie will tell a lot of i don't want to say not childhood stories i guess but like just uh more like coming of age stories like as he was growing up like looking around chicago or him as a celebrity you know back at home with his family like you're seeing those kind of situations and him thinking about the future too, like on celebration, him, him mixing those personal experiences with that bigger, these bigger things going on and all of the issues facing people, then how he also fits into those issues and how he can help people dealing with those issues. Like it's a strange experience because we're so used to Kanye kind of laying out uh, a narrative in a much more traditional manner from like college dropout to Jesus to the life of Pablo, like those are, I would say, like really not that hard to follow as narratives once you like break them down to their core elements. Late registration isn't really like that. It's kind of moving all over the place between past and present, between Kanye and society. But by the end of the album, you start to see a full bodied picture and, and you see Kanye's role in all of it. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more it really seems like. I see a, a deeper connection between this album and Yeezus than I ever did before, where like this is kind of like Yeezus light or Yeezus from somebody that still has some innocence in their mm-hmm. perspective versus where Kanye's at nearly 10 years later when he makes Yeezus and kind of the having gone through the ringer and come out the other side that's a lot bleaker mm-hmm. of an album in many ways but also there tends to be a little bit more hope at the end because late registration still ends on more of a skeptical notes than i think yeezus does but Hmm. we'll get into all of that i like that that's interesting it it actually is a lot like yeezus yeezus is a little like political stuff at the beginning romantic stuff in the middle then like you know the fallout regression and news story that happens at the end like you can follow it that way but later registration you're right like those elements are all just mixed throughout in different ways yeah a lot of that reflecting on society and what you can gain and lose and the risks of fame really get explored Mm. and laid out here in a way that wasn't happening on the college dropout because on college dropout kanye wasn't at the level he's at now having made the college dropout <laughs> he was just imagining that he was yeah right and he did a great job of that yeah. but you can really see the difference of like almost famous versus famous <laughs> yeah to how shitty fame is yeah uh and each year it's just gotten worse and worse yep. until uh jesus is king yep leave all that shit behind 
Yeah. Uh, so one of the interesting things to note, uh, which doesn't really affect the analysis maybe, but just interesting, uh, which I don't know how, if we knew this the first time and overlooked it or just now finding it out, but Kanye didn't write Gold Digger for himself. It was revealed that he had actually uh, meant the hook for Shauna, mm. who was a a rapper in her 2004 debut album as mtv.com reports worth the weights west had taylor made the now famous gold digger hook for the female mc to spit in the first person saying i'm not saying i'm a gold digger <laughs> was originally how it was supposed to go and she was just like nah <laughs> that's offensive yeah, Plain Pat uh, said that he did the beat at Ludacris's house in Atlanta, and he did it for Shauna. She passed on it, actually. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but the what it ended up turning into was pretty great. You know, he ends up connecting with Jamie Foxx, and he folds it into this three-part narrative that he does, which actually kind of reminds me of what he was doing a lot more on College Dropout with, like, uh, all falls down and all that like he, he creates his own story that comes out of like you know what does gold digging lead to and he, and he he does it in such an interesting macro way and applies it to like what happens to people when they when they become famous or want to become famous yeah the throes of fame mm. and we have two samples that make up the the foundation of the song one more so than the other uh the main one is ray charles i got a woman oh yeah she give me money when i'm in need yeah she's a kind of friend indeed i got a woman way over town that's good to me oh yeah which is actually, uh, I guess, nice for the time. I, I, oh, you mean, <laughs> you mean when Ray Charles' song came out, like it was considered okay to say the things he said? <laughs> yeah, 1954 <laughs> when it came out. Because you get like, I got a woman way over town that's good to me, which is just funny, like the change from way over town that digs on me, but that's good to me. Say, I got a woman way over town, good to me. She give me money when I'm in need. Yeah, she's a kind of friend indeed. I got a woman way over town that's good to me. And he's like, she saves her loving early in the morning just for me. Saves her loving just for me. Ah, so tenderly, I got a woman. She's there to love me both day and night. Never grumbles or fusses, always treats me right. Never running in the streets and leaving me alone. She knows a woman's place is right there now in her home. Uh... Which, I mean, maybe is nice because he's just being like, oh, she's so great. But it also is very, like, traditionalist of, like, her place is in home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you could just accept, like, that was the time. And you could even, like, try to find something endearing in that. Like, he respects her and, like, knows that's where she thrives or, like... I don't know. There's something like there's something about it to where it seems like mutually agreed upon that like she likes being here and he likes her being there and this relationship works in the way it's set up. Right. But then you could also read it as this is a guy that's kind of like coming in and out of her life and he's taking money from her and maybe he's taking yes. advantage of her. So there's a little bit of like the scoundrel aspect to it, which right. I don't know if that's intentional or just us like six, 70 years later, looking back on the song being like, Hmm. Or if that was intentional to the time. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best way to read it is that like Ray Charles is painting this guy as like, you know, he's, uh, he's just, he's dependent on this woman. He can't take care of himself. Like he's not exactly like in admiral, admirable guy or anything like he's just uh he's just a lost dude and you kind of feel bad for him yeah because like i got a woman way over town sounds like they're not like a married this isn't like a love song of a married couple mm-hmm. hmm. 
but that's a uh, kind of the foundation that Jamie Foxx takes from and interpolates changing some of the lyrics to fit more from this guy depending on this woman to this woman depending on the guy and then on top of that you also have a sample from David Pryor and his 1974 song Bumpin Bus Stop Find one stop in every town And it's a, a song about being at the bus stop and like there's a party going on, everybody's looking their best and they're catching the bus to go downtown and like go shopping and like what a fun place the bus stop is to be. Like it feels very like 1970s, 1960s yeah, kind of. That was the spot, man. Everybody do the bop. Like <laughs> it's the bump and bus stop. Everybody uh, make the bus rock. <laughs> and I think the the lyrical connection would just be the idea that the bus is the way that you get from uh, your part of the city to the downtown area to go shopping, that you're dressing up for the people at the bus stop. There's a little bit of the, the superficial to the song that fits in mm. with the idea of a gold digger. Yeah. Yeah, if we're really trying to make loose connections, like... I, I could definitely see that and just and I think going beyond like trying to like assign the lyrics meaning to Gold Digger just the general atmosphere of the song and how you know kind of free-flowing it is and how you know innocent everything is like they're just there they're there to have fun it's kind of used in a bit of an ironic way here because the song has a very upbeat feel to it and you would think of it as like you know a fun song but it's describing something that really isn't fun for anybody <laughs> like these people's lives are just kind of like sad and uh, financially draining in gold digger or in the bus stop gold digger yeah <laughs> uh yeah no not a sad life to go to the bus stop and party that sounds fucking awesome <laughs> sounds like a macklemore song <laughs> like, <I> just... <laughs> so fucking awesome right <laughs> like he went to the thrift store and partied and damn uh, straight but the it was actually the basis of a lawsuit because apparently so prior has a voice saying like get down or prior has a voice prior says early on in the song like get down and you can barely hear in the background between kanye saying get down girl get like go ahead get down that there's this background voice saying like get down <laughs> and mm -hmm. because of that the kids of david prior sued kanye and they actually, I think at one point they were seeking like millions of dollars in damages. And Kanye eventually just paid them out of court. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, just like, here's some money. Here you go, leave, you gold digger. Leave me alone. <laughs> Which, I mean, I get it. Like, if somebody yeah. took lines from our podcast and put them in a song, I'd be like, give me, give me money. I'd be like, wow, what an honor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so sweet of you. <laughs> you made me not boring. Whoa. I hope that's the part that they take. You going, whoa. <laughs> whoa. They use it as their producer tag. <laughs> whoa, music. <laughs> uh, so you have both of those as kind of the, the foundation in the, in the samples. And this is another Kanye West, John Bryan song. So it's bumping. Mm. Shall we, uh, anything else in the preamble or should we get into the lyrics? No, let's do it. She take my money when I'm in need. Yes, it's a trifling friend indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over town that digs on me. All right, well, we have Jamie Foxx start off the song with the iconic, she take my money when I'm in need. And it's Jamie Foxx because Kanye couldn't get Ray Charles, and he had just seen the movie Ray and was just like, hey, 
hey, <laughs> Jamie. That is, like, you, uh... the most baller move. I bet a lot of people, like, rolled their eyes at it and thought it was corny, but, like, I think that's fucking awesome for him to do. <laughs> Jamie Foxx explained that his then-manager, Brayan Prescott, alerted him when Wes was in the midst of recording the track. He managed to get Fox into a recording session and lay down the intro to the song. He recounted the story in this interview with Sway in the morning. That's what a genius has. Hmm. And uh, the way it's used is pretty cool. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't have maybe thought much of it, but I was like kind of sitting down and listening to the song and like trying to take in just w- what kind of was doing with the production. And you, and it's just Fox alone at the, at the beginning. And his voice is very echoey. Like, it sounds like, cl- it sounds like clips on a uh, useless gospel. Like you're kind of like, Oh, that's a strange way to have someone record their vocals. And I almost wonder if it's done to like create, an old timey feel to be like a bit of a throwback to like that. It's not perfect quality. And it's just like Fox in an echoey room. Um, and it allows like the production to really blow up once it actually comes in. Yeah. I just spotlighting Jamie Foxx's interpretation, but also like giving the lyrics the full weight, right. Mm-hmm. Is a good way to start the song before that beat really comes in and like takes over. Yeah, it's almost like Kanye was like trying to show off like, oh, you hear this echoey (laughs) shitty thing from the past? Like, I'm going to turn into a fucking Boehner. (laughs) And he does. And he does. One of his only uh, number one singles. Uh, You know, one of the shocking things before we get into the lyrics, one of the shocking things to me about this, despite being number one or maybe because it's one of his number ones, whenever we do the best Kanye West song tournament Deathmatch Extreme every December (laughs) from December 1st to the 25th, I I see a lot more uh, gold digger hate than what I'd expect. Like I always think it's going to be one of the the top songs and that everybody must love it. And I think over the years I've seen more people kind of start to turn on it. Yeah. I wonder if it's more of, because I, I will say we haven't really gotten into the song yet in any of the production, but a lot like touch the sky. It's kind of like a simple, straightforward song. Like it really is just like the same loop over and over. Like you just hear Jamie Foxx in the background. You hear the the like keyboard sound imitating the horns, you know, on the song. Like it, it it's it kind of just does it over and over and over and over. Uh, I wonder if people are just like so used to Kanye doing like weird shit that they look at Gold Digger and think like, oh, that's a simple early Kanye song. But yeah. lyrically, it's very complex. Huh. So it just hasn't aged production wise as interestingly as other songs maybe or maybe there's just a general contrarianness <laughs> to like you don't want to like the popular Kanye songs you want your own Kanye song yeah right that's too popular you know what I prefer <laughs> I prefer feedback <laughs> uh-huh. I bet you do Um, I would say that I prefer feedback yeah <laughs> see <laughs> see all right but i so, think every song in the life of Papa might be better than gold digger so oh man man all right lyrics let's stick to the lyrics <laughs> vacation starts with va one thing you'll love about your trip to virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing all that you love is all in one trip start yours at virginia.org so we have jamie fox coming in to take my money when i'm in need <laughs> which is good what a way to start off like uh yeah she's a trifling friend indeed oh she a gold digger way over town that digs on me which i guess there's something like you have ray charles being like i got a woman way over town which shows like the distance he has from her mm-hmm. and that he kind of goes around to her when he needs money or is looking for love like and she just kind of keeps to herself and he's happy with that. And here, Jamie Foxx is just like, she takes my money 
and she's like way over town probably because she's going to spend the money <laughs> like yeah she's not even together with him so you have a similar like situation but instead of the guy being way over town and taking money from the woman it's the woman's way over town and taking money from the guy yeah and it's almost like a symbolic twist of an interpolation on the original ray charles song because the original one you know the guy feeds on the girl and here the girl feeds on the guy but really connie is commenting on that dynamic it's not just that women are gold diggers it's that this environment pushes them to be this way and the guys are just as bad and they abuse the women in their own ways yeah like you have that in the the commentary between the songs right right and then also connie brings it in much more uh pointedly by the end of the song right so while it starts off seeming very one-dimensional in terms of like women am i right it ends with him being like, yeah, you know, go ahead, girl, get down. Because get down. like, like dudes will like fuck you over too. So you need to like do what you need to do. I get it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so we start with that. And then Kanye, uh, it's not even Kanye. It's still like Jamie Foxx being like, she gave me money. Mm-hmm. But Kanye's saying, now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke guys. You know? Yeah. It's Which, interesting uh, too that he goes back to the Ray Charles song, She Gives Me Money. Yeah, that's a I've always been curious about that. Like yeah. why not just have Jamie Foxx be saying, like, she take my money instead of she give me money. Well, for giving Kanye the benefit of the doubt, it, again, it could just be commenting on, you know, the original song is about a dude who takes money from a woman and here, like, the situation is reversed, but it's not really reversed because men and women are just abusing each other in their own ways. Yeah. So you do have that bit of dichotomy, right? Like, Jamie Foxx saying, she give me money when I'm in need, and Kanye saying, like, yeah, I'm not saying she's a gold digger, <laughs> but, like... <laughs> look at who she's dating <laughs> and, and i do love by the way when this when this hook starts you go from like the echoey and then like the drums come in the drums and i mean the song is pretty much led by drums the whole time and and it has kind of like a love lockdown feel because of that. It, it just it's an interesting energy kanye's chosen for the song i never thought about the comparison between those two but i like it because <laughs> um, i mean ultimately like he's not describing anything great <laughs> these are just people abusing each other yeah i i do like now that you pointed out the fact that the initial song or the original sample being in conversation mm-hmm. with gold digger and the update and the fact that we end in the spot that we end with kanye like essentially saying men will screw women over too and get down girl go ahead get down being the last thing that we hear on the song it does seem a bit more pointed to have Jamie Foxx just saying like, <laughs> she give me money when I'm in need. And Kanye saying like, yeah, uh, she's doing her thing too. Like the good and the bad, right? Right. Hmm. And then Jamie Foxx says, I gotta leave, which <laughs> isn't something that's said in the original no. at all. Then you have Kanye even up front saying, get down girl, go ahead, get down. So even though the song in the verses seems like pretty condemning and even that intro feels pretty condemning, Kanye at no point, like even from the beginning, he's just saying like, I'm not even calling her a gold digger and I'm saying, get down girl, go ahead, get down. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, So then we start with verse one. Cutie the bomb, met her at a beauty salon With a baby Louis Vuitton Under her underarm, she said I could tell you rock, I could tell by your charm Fars girls, you got a flock I could tell by your charm and your arm But I'm looking for the one Have you seen her? My psychic told me she'll have an ass like Serena Trina, Gina, for Lopez, four kids And I gotta take all they badass to show this Okay, get your kids But then they got their friends And we have Kanye saying Cutie the bomb <laughs> Met her at a beauty salon Man, remember when the bomb was a phrase? Mm, I still say it constantly. I know you do. Man, that mac and cheese was the bomb. The bomb's gone off. The bomb's <laughs> over. Oh, uh, well, if a bomb went off my mac and cheese, there'd be cheese everywhere. <laughs> That's, I mean, you make a good point. Yeah, so what do you got to say to that? I got to say that 
what's kind of you doing at the beauty salon, you know? <laughs> I got to say, be- before we even move on from this, that this immediately to me recalls, when I read that, I immediately think of All Falls Down. And because in that song, she, you know, she's working at a beauty salon, trying to make ends meet, trying to make her way up in the world and buy a nice car and care for a kid. Like, to me, I, I just immediately think of that. Yeah, we had like a 10 minutes during the prep where we were just like, is this the thing? <laughs> and then we're kind of like, why she have a baby Louis Vuitton under her underarm? Like, yeah. if she's if she's like working at the salon, she's not. Maybe she is. Though. Maybe she's like sitting there I cutting don't... hair with the Louis Vuitton under her arm. But it sounds way more like uh, a woman that's just there having her hair done well, rather than the woman doing hair. I also wonder why Kanye's there. Yeah, but that's that's the main question, right? Like Kanye's not going to the barber; he's going to the beauty salon. Hmm. Well, he's got to pick up girls. <laughs> You're not finding girls at the barber shop. <laughs> so, I mean, if you like the theory, there's not saying either way that this is a woman that's just at the beauty shop rather than someone that's working at the beauty shop and just happens to have the baby Louis Vuitton. So if you want to make the all falls down connection, go ahead. But okay, I will. Not something that we can stand by, unfortunately, but that would be awesome. <laughs> um, but meets her at a beauty salon and she has this Louis Vuitton under her underarm, which, you know, makes her seem like someone Kanye wants to rock with, you know? Yeah. And she says to him, I can tell you rock. I can tell by your charm. <laughs> And pretty clever just because saying like, I can tell that you're part of Rockefeller. Mm. I can tell by your charm, like the charm on his necklace because he's got the Rockefeller necklace. That's what she's saying. But also I can tell that you're a rock star because you have charm. Uh, Far as girls, you got a flock. Yeah. I can tell by your charm and your arm, which that then supports the theory that her initial line is about him being with Rockefeller because her then mentioning I can tell by your charm you get the double play of like the initial charm was the necklace and the second charm is his actual charisma okay so they have this initial conversation and Kanye says but I'm looking for the one have you seen her so despite the fact that he has a flock of girls and she's wise to this Kanye's just like this is part of his charm right He's not saying, I got a flock. He's saying, I'm looking for the one, and you can be that one. Have you seen her? My psychic told me (laughs) she'll have an ass like Serena, Trina, Jennifer Lopez, four kids. Uh, So an ass like Serena Williams, right, who is still one of the top tennis players in the world 16 years later, 15 years later. Uh, And this line has become pretty famous in the fact that, like, Kanye said this in 2005 and then married Kim Kardashian, who is known to have an ass like Serena and Jennifer Lopez and Trina. And now they have four kids. Yeah, that's uh, very prescient of Kanye to do. Yeah, always in the future, this man. (laughs) I also think it's uh, interesting, you know, he says he's looking for the one, but the one needs an ass like Serena or Trina. Like, it really, it's almost like a Ray Charles bit. Like, he's downplaying himself a bit and like exposing his flaws like he's just this guy who ultimately Kanye just became a celebrity so he could be rich and get a girl that has an ass like that yeah that's what he's looking for is it one anything is it her charm her personality anything like that nah she's gonna have an ass like serena and then he's gonna have to take all the kids to showbiz uh <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, it's an interesting line because I didn't know showbiz was a place. You know, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese type place. So, like, I guess it's a play on that. So, like, you want to get, you just want to get with this girl, but then you end up taking all these kids to like some really annoying restaurant where there's kids running around screaming and driving you fucking crazy. Uh, but I always read it as like, oh, like, God, if I get with this girl and then all of a sudden I have to take care of these kids, like they're going to expect to be part of show business because I'm part of show business. And it's another just sad reality of a situation of chasing girls. Yeah. Especially when you're in that celebrity spot, like you can't just, well, I'm going to say you can't just have like 
wild one night stands but that's it, problematic for anybody right mm-hmm. you don't know what you can get yourself into but yeah that idea that you're just trying to like mess around but you could get in a situation where now you have all this like a f- whole family that you're bringing into your celebrity life that's kind of crashing everything that it was that you were doing as a single celebrity mm-hmm. yeah we didn't have showbiz in ohio we just had chuck e cheese and discovery zone discovery zone i see all kinds of those weird places here now that i i live in chicago there's a place called like safari land and there's like <laughs> enchanted castle it's just all these like gimmicky places that are really just like come bring your kids here eat some shitty pizza and play a bunch of dumb video games so Kanye sets up this just idea like I'm looking for a woman like this and as he said he exposes himself a little bit there's like something very superficial but it already shows like the microcosm of the problem that this girl comes with baggage and that you're getting yourself into something and after the rhetorical question of and i got to take all their badasses to showbiz he says okay get your kids but when they got their friends but then they got their friends so it's not only it just gets worse like fine he'll take the kids but now he has to spend even more money the spiral he pull- yeah pulls up in a benz and they all got in it like you got a <laughs> benz and you have all these kids that are going to be like eating pizza in your car yeah it's also kind of a lighter version of drunken hot girls where like it's never like presented as like a good or endearing thing that he's chasing girls which like i think it it could be a little bit in this song because like just because of the upbeat feel of the song but drunken hot girls like it just ends with him being stuck with one girl for the rest of his life and having a kid and just like oh like why did i why do i live this life yeah there's a lot more regrets in that song than there is in this one so you get this scene playing out of we all went to din and then i had to pay and it's just like there it comes down to it like this is this big build up of meeting this girl and then first date you're getting taken advantage of and having to pay for all these people so then it goes on to say if you fucking with this girl then you better be paid which just summarizes the whole thing that we just heard right like it starts mm-hmm. with this kind of meet cute and conversation and then immediately escalates to Kanye feeling like he's getting taken advantage of Mm -hmm. and saying like yeah you better be paid you know why it take too much to touch her you have to jump through all these hoops which on the one hand you can understand his frustration on the other hand like still comes off as a little bit of a shitty thing to say yeah it's funny like it's such a more complicated view of people living this life because you're right on college dropout Connie isn't living this life yet. He's not a major celebrity and he's more just like speculating a lot of like what it's going to be like, you know, and get him high. He can get with this girl because he knows quality <laughs> and he can like create the new workout plan to like help all the women get in shape and he can get with the girl at the club on slow jams. And here it's just like, it's just kind of sad. Like there are all these rules with women and you got to do this and that if you want to get with her, but be careful not to do this because then she'll do this to you. And it's, it's just way more sad. Yeah, it's it's starting to get like exhausting. Yeah. Instead of like the youthful fun energy that there was at the <laughs> as you're saying in the college dropout. Um and then you get the lines from what I heard she got a baby by Busta. My best friend said she used to fuck with Usher, which this is an interpolation or a reference to Mace Another Story to Tell from 1999. And I didn't remember this song, and this song is wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell me about it. Just a moment ago, you were sitting at the bar, just spinning my dough. You owe me something, bitch. You gonna blow me or something? She said this thing you need to know before we fuck. I ain't like all these other sluts. And if I told you I was a virgin, you wouldn't believe me. I know getting pussy for you is easy. You hit every bitch from AT to two skiggy. Plus, you know I know your girlfriend Kiki. And for a moment, honey, try to freak me. But being a man, I am. I'm 
So it starts with Mace just saying, yo, since I've been in this game, a lot of funny shit that happened with these hoes, man. And the shit I'm about to tell you is a true story. Puff know the bitch. And then he goes on to tell this story about this woman and like all these women that he had been with, but then starts talking about this like one specific woman and that he didn't get to like have sex with her and he gets really like frustrated. So it, this first verse just ends up being like a very coherent short story of Kanye meeting this girl, getting taken advantage of and seeing it and being told about it, but still deciding he wants to stick with it. And you then have the chorus come back in, which seems more of like the narrator Kanye rather than the story Kanye saying like, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but now it's like feeling way more like, yeah, she's a gold digger, but he's just not like saying it. So it's starting to feel more that one dimensionality uh, rather than having the complexity that we noted up front because we know where the song ends. But just at this point in the song, it's feeling very much like, man, can you believe these women? Yeah, and it's good for like, I guess an intro song in quotes to be like that. Like, heard him say it sets up the environment. Touch the sky as like Kanye's, you know, his quest being realized. He's at the top. And then Gold Digger is him like in this sh- world, the shitty world that he didn't know was so shitty. Um, it's it's all set up. And, and, and here Kanye isn't necessarily like, he, he's like ready to be part of it. Like that's the interesting thing about it. He isn't like, I guess he's condemning it by just making the song period. But within the song, he's, he's kind of gun ho about it and willing to live this life. Yeah. Which I mean, it's not like, Oh, this is part of celebrity. So I'm just like accepting it because I want to be part of celebrity. It's something that just like, he's so swept up in everything that he just right. isn't even like there's an innocence here that you're just like, oh, man. Totally. Oh, man. And I guess we do have to note that there's probably a bit of irony in the get down girl, go ahead, get down, especially coming after the idea of like it take too much to touch her. Mm-hmm. And just even in response to like the Mace song and what Mace is kind of talking about there in terms of like fellatio and yeah blowjobs that he feels like he's owed or that puff daddy got so the fact that he has get down girl go ahead get down you can start to feel like a little bit of a double entendre start to form especially when now he is paying for these things yeah and (laughs) kind of feeling like all right like this is the transaction right (laughs) again inhabiting ray charles and not presenting himself as like the most endearing figure yeah which does bring up another interesting like contrast between like jamie fox saying i gotta leave while kanye saying like get down girl go ahead get down because if you just take it as like kanye allowing the behavior and just saying like you know women you got to do what you got to do the i gotta leave isn't as relevant but if it's kanye saying like all right now like pleasure me (laughs) then the (laughs) i gotta leave is almost intention because it's like he knows he should go but he's sticking around for the sexual aspect of it which is exactly the tension that we see play out on i'm in it and other aspects of yeezus or he got his fellatio then it's like "Uh, i gotta go (laughs) which yeah also a well-known common occurrence. Get down, girl, go ahead. 18 years, 18 years. She got one of your kids, got you for 18 years. I know somebody paying child support for one of his kids. His baby mama car crib is bigger than his. You will see him on TV any given Sunday. Win a Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai. She was supposed to buy your shorty Tyco with your money. She went to the doctor, got Lyco with your money. She walk around looking like Michael with your money. Should have got that insured Geico for your money. Money. If you ain't no punk, holler, we want prenup. We want prenup, yeah. It's something that you need to have. Cause when she leave your ass, she gon' leave with half. 18 years, 18 years. And on her 18th birthday, found out it wasn't his. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. Uh, so then we get into verse two and we get 18 years, which this was the spoken word poem that Kanye was performing on, uh, what was it, like the Def Jam poetry? Right. Like, 
show. They went on and did a few kind of poems that ended up being songs, and this was one of them. Uh, so 18 years, 18 years, she got one of your kids, got you for 18 years. And this, I guess, tends to like jump ahead, right? Because instead of Kanye talking in the first person about like, I pull up in the car, I met this girl at a beauty salon, he just gets into, I know somebody paying child support for one of his kids. His baby mama car and crib is bigger than his. He's now the narrator talking about somebody else. Um, and then using the second person of like, you, you, you throughout. So hmm. the the story kind of deviates from not continuing on with the first verse, but continuing on in spirit. Right. It's, again, similar to All Falls Down, where like one verse is about Kanye and one verse is about this woman, and they're both just getting at the same idea. Yeah. Yep. But not as like narratively coherent as verses on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or Yeezus in the sense that it's just like, the same character story playing out through right. the whole thing. So I know somebody paying child support for one of his kids. Ah, why do I always mess up that line? Like, what uh. was the? <laughs> Explain it to me again. What did you mess up? I was getting confused about it the other day when we were going over. Like, he's paying child oh. support for not one of his kids. What's the? Isn't it just he knocked this woman up and now he has to pay child support? That's it. Yeah. And I always think it's like he's somebody else is paying child support for one of his kids rather than like he's just paying child support for one of his kids. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, you mean the way the line reads? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the his and the somebody always feel like two different people to me. Yeah. I guess I could see that. The same person. But when it's the same mm -hmm. person, yeah, it's just somebody's paying child support for one of his kids and like that's a shame <laughs> and that's the fear right like you knock up a gold digger and then for 18 years she has you paying child support right which is exactly what Kanye starts to talk about too at the end of blood on the leaves like the whole right. of blood on the leaves builds up to the fact that he knocks up the side chick that's just trying to do that in order to get money for 18 years and it ruins your life it ruins your marriage and it costs you the life that you were living because now all that has to go to child support right <laughs> his baby mama car and crib is bigger than his yeah <laughs> uh and we get you will see him on tv any given sunday which is a nice i i like it the reference just because i i love the movie <laughs> any given sunday which stars Jamie Foxx as a football player. So because Jamie Foxx is in the song and celebrities are often, especially athletes are often like ones that get caught in this way. You have them like you'll see him on TV any given Sunday. Like it's a football player. He can win the Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai <laughs> because despite all of his success, all of his money is going to child support and alimony. Drive off in a Hyundai. I, I also Love that Kanye became the first person to rhyme Sunday with Hyundai. Has to be, right? Yeah. In the history of America. Anything. Yeah. Uh, she was supposed to buy your shorty Tyco with your money. Yeah, you like, you send the child support so the mother can buy toys for the kids, but she went to the doctor and got lipo with your money. <laughs> and she walking around looking like Michael with your money, which... I always find it funny with how much like Kanye reveres and loves Michael Jackson on mm -hmm. this and slow jams. He kind of like takes shot at Michael's appearance. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ended up having a good relationship with Michael Jackson. So like maybe it's just like ribbing his buddy, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he just already, cause he lives in the future. He already knows he and Mike are friends. Of course. That's how Kanye lives. Yep. <laughs> uh, but just, Michael's plastic surgery didn't always look the best. So um, she's looking noticeably different and should have got that insured Geico for your money, which should have got that insured. Is that the like money that he's giving like that it went to the right place or her plastic surgery should have been insured? You know what? Yeah, I assume it's the plastic surgery. I had never thought about it because I always see this line and just think like, 
there's Kanye again. Like he's just making a reference to something that's really popular in pop culture for no reason. But yeah, I guess you're right. You can almost even, I guess it's kind of a capping off the language with like the car, like Hyundai, Tyco, and then it's like looped back around to like something you need to ensure. It's, it's clever. It is. And just maybe like the whole situation, like, your relationship with this woman is something you should have gotten insured. Like, God, is... if I could only buy insurance for my relationship. <laughs> Lauren's bleeding me dry. Right. And just like, okay, go for your money. Lauren's just like opens the door and just looks at you and is like, I hear you. <laughs> uh, but Geico being a popular car insurance brand. Um, and then Kanye follows that up with like, if you ain't no punk, Holler, we want prenup, <laughs> which like, yeah, if you're getting, if you're going to get married and you're a celebrity like Kanye, somebody with a lot of money, then getting the prenup is the way to kind of ensure that if you get a divorce, you're not losing all of that money. Mm. I really want to meet the guys that yelled, we want prenup too. Yeah. What was the group? Is it just like everybody that's in the studio? Kanye's like, get up, get up, get up. Yeah. Gather around He's the mic. Like everyone, you you want to stay on this record? Get up and yell. We want prenup. We want prenup. <laughs> uh, so it's something that you need to have because when she leave your ass, she going to leave with half. 18 years, 18 years. And on the 18th birthday, he found out it wasn't his. There's, there's the rub. The twist. The yeah. shocking discovery. It's a... Uh... It's an M. Night Shyamalan moment. <laughs> right? Like, Kanye had just watched The Village? <laughs> sure. And it was like, you know what? I can do better. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, that, that would. <laughs> like, like, what happens? Like, what can you do about it? You're just like, well, can I have my money back? Like, I guess i help this kid i mean you have yeah. parents that'll be like well they were still my kid i don't care and you'll have parents that are just like what should have gone on maury immediately yeah like maury help me <laughs> so then you get the chorus coming in again and she's like now i ain't saying she a gold digger becomes even more like tongue-in-cheek than what it was before mm-hmm. um you're just like, yeah, she's a gold digger. She's a gold digger, all right. But then we get verse three. You go out to eat, he can't pay, y'all can't leave. His dishes in the back, you gotta roll up your sleeves. But while y'all washing, watch him. He gonna make it to a beans out of that toxin. He got that ambition, baby. Look at his eyes. This week he mopping floors, next week is the fries. So stick by his side. I know his dude's ballin' and yeah, that's nice. And they gonna keep calling and trying, but you stay right, girl. And when he get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. And Kanye says, now I ain't saying you a gold digger. You got needs. Talking directly to her. Right? Like, this is one of the things that I love about Kanye's song construction. It's not just random verses thrown together with like a great hook. It has a great hook but all the verses build on each other and it's not just mm-hmm. the same thing repeated. Like this is payoff of the previous two verses. Yeah. And it, and it, it has a different flow uh, sonically too, because like the, the music cuts out and you can't hear Ray Charles or Ray Charles. You can't hear Jimmy Fox imitating Ray Charles anymore. And it's this kind of like weird, like electronic beep going on. And it, it's just interesting because it like, it's almost like Connie's purposely trying to throw you into a new world and like, expose something else about this world that it's not just gold diggers we have this situation too yeah which is you want you don't want to do to smoke but he can't buy weed which is always so funny to me like you don't want him to smoke but like turns out he can't buy weed anyway yeah you go out to eat and he can't pay y'all can't leave so essentially it's talking about a relationship we're setting up this different relationship that isn't that he can't buy weed because he has no money because she's taking it all. It's like they're in a relationship and both of them are kind of poor. It's like equal footing Mm -hmm. at this point. 
Like he can't buy weed. You go out to eat, but he can't pay and y'all can't leave. Like there's dishes in the back. He got to roll up his sleeves, which is like, okay. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's that life. Kind of how Kanye was talking about in touch the sky. Like he used to have to split the buffet at KFC. Right. Right. Um, but while y'all washing, watch him. Uh, he go and make it to a Benz out of that Datsun. And like the Datsun was an awful car, right? <laughs> you had one, didn't you? No, no. <laughs> yes. I hate to admit it, but yes. Uh, but this idea that like one day he's going to make it big, right? He's going to move up from the Datsun to the Benz. And this even refers back to Heard Him Say as well, where Kanye talks about like Alu Akbar and throwing some nice cars. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so it's this dream of making it out of the situation that you are like getting more. And he starts to paint that picture. Like he got that ambition, baby. Look at his eyes, which you're starting to feel that energy build. Like, all right. <laughs> he mm-hmm. kind of takes, takes the piss out of him with this week. He mopping floors next week. It's the fries. Uh, cracks me up all the time, which is uh, a <laughs> reference to coming to America which uh they talk about eddie murphy is just like wait i can make it from a floor mopper to a fry cook also a retelling of my time at mcdonald's yeah (laughs) you climbed those heights yep all the way to the drive-thru and then i quit after three weeks you only worked at mcdonald's for three weeks maybe like two months okay i always thought like it was you were there for like half of high school kind of thing no it was my senior year and i was trying to balance i mean i i did three sports a year i was trying to balance off all that and homework well not homework i didn't really do that um but you know just living your life and it just i hated it so i quit good you should have worked at subway subway was yeah it would have been way better no drive through (laughs) (laughs) and you just spend a lot of your time throwing the knives at the chip boxes Oh, that actually sounds pretty nice. Yeah, I got skilled. I went on tour around the country throwing knives. Yeah, but no one was paying you or asking you to do that. <laughs> no, I just show up in like a public park and set up a box <laughs> and then take a knife and throw it and be like, ta-da. And, and then, then you run. were arrested. Yeah, yeah. It was a wild time being 17. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so Kanye's just painting this idea of like, you know, he's got ambition and makes a reference to coming to America. But the thing coming to America, the guy's like a prince, right? Mm-hmm. So there is something funny to that, that Eddie Murphy ends up at at the top at the end of that movie. Uh, he's just kind of downplaying it at the beginning. But he says, so stick by his side. I know there's dudes balling and yeah, that's nice. And they got to keep calling and trying, but you stay right, girl. And you're really getting this picture of what a better relationship is than what Kanye had been describing in the first two verses, where it's just like a couple that like is together before the fame and they're grinding it out and they're loyal to each other. But then at the very end, he says, and when he get on, he'll leave your ass for a white girl. Twist, double twist. Double twist. This song has a double twist. Man, M. Night Shyamalan wishes he had a script like this. When has M. Night ever had a double twist? Never. Not not once ever. Other than The Village, when like the twist happens, and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And then the second twist is that he got you to watch a shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing about Split. Like The double twist was that... Uh... Oh, no, not Split. What was the one that just came out? Glass. Glass. Like, Split was so good that the twist of Glass was that Glass was so bad. <laughs> I liked Glass, so we that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Another podcast? <laughs> um, I was just so disappointed. Anyway, uh, this is the, the twist. Like, you have guys that will leave the girl as soon as they start, like, getting on. And how shitty that ends up being right like Mm -hmm. she tries to stay loyal she rejects all of these guys and the moment this guy like gets some money and gets going he leaves her 
And that's why Kanye then ends the song with like, get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Yeah. Almost yeah. encouraging the fact that like, yeah, you need to do what you got to do, which adds like a whole other layer and interesting dynamic to this track than just like the initial one dimensional misogyny. <laughs> totally. Because I mean, throughout the album, you'll see Kanye like he doesn't really enjoy fame, a lot of aspects of it. And you get a sense of that in the song. Yet the song ends with him telling this girl to just like, hey, just lean into it. Like, this is the way it is. Guys are going to screw you over anyway. So you should just try to screw them over first. And it's just like a really interesting, like mental scape he's painting of like someone who's involved in this world. Like you just do it because like you have to. It's almost like survival of the fittest. Yeah, which is what we get to in Blood on the Leaves, right? Like, people are doing this because they don't know better. This is what society has led them to think is okay. They're just desperate to do what they need to do to feel like, to feel good. Mm. And that's exactly kind of what's happening here. But it's a little bit more, I don't want to say it's more dire. (laughs) I feel like in this one, it's more bitter, right? Like the girl gets left so she it's almost like an origin story right like i don't feel bad for doing this because i was loyal and look where it got me where by the time we're in blood on the leaves i don't feel like there's a bitterness about it it's almost like they don't know any better they've been dehumanized by the society that they're in to not really care what they're doing to each other yeah that's a really good point i that's that's a good way of framing it that it's like an origin story because you could almost go back through the whole song and just imagine this girl living this life now like this is the reason she does this thing to the football player and people like kanye yeah just because she did it right the first time and look what happened and in some ways there's also some continuity with touch the sky because kanye in the second verse verse of touch the sky starts talking about his relationship before fame and that they would split the bucket buffet, not the bucket at KFC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like they were loyal to one another before Kanye got on. And then he got on the plane <laughs> and didn't know when he'd be back. And he said that when he sent the plane tickets and they kicked it, like shit just felt different. But he also said like every girl I cheated with, so we know that things weren't working out between them already because of the distance, but it also seemed Kanye wasn't loyal either now that he was getting some attention. And we also have the context of 30 hours, which describes the falling apart of the same relationship, which shows that she was also cheating on him. So you're still seeing a little bit of Kanye's own biography enter into the pictures. He had a relationship fall apart but both of them were a little more at fault in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So ends up being a really interesting song lyrically. Anyway, I think just, just the, what, again, it it reminds me of all falls down and in a lot of ways feels like an extension of all falls down where like that song's describing consumerism and like how people can, you know, how society pushes you to fall into this, this kind of life. But then gold digger, like, is people living that life like you know after you've already gone down that trail and like you've bought a bunch of stuff and you now you're successful like this is what happens to you it's this sick cycle that happens yeah and as we said up top this is something we're going to see the album return to especially as we move into this middle portion between skits one and skit two like drive slow my way home crack music roses bring me down an addiction all those songs kind of retread what we're seeing and heard him say, touch the sky and gold digger going from uh, the historical society aspect or Kanye's past. Like that's what I mean by historical, Mm -hmm. like looking more at Kanye's past and where he grew up versus where he's arrived at. And then the complications of fame that maybe he didn't see coming. And that's what we, have on drive slow versus crack music versus roses right Mm -hmm. and it's something i relate to because i'm podcast famous (laughs) and you didn't think it would be this disappointing man it's just like i thought it was gonna be nothing but lots and lots of money and women and 
Really, it's just you. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, saying stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, man. I wish I could uh, offer you more, but yeah. how about this? Next time I'm in town or you're in town, McDonald's on me. <laughs> oh, Travis Scott meal. <laughs> yeah, we'll just be like, "Hey, Cactus Jack sent us." Cactus Jack, uh, yeah. They'll be like, "That promotion ended a year and a half ago." <laughs> no, take I me wanted... to Taco Bell. Okay. Perfect. Hard taco, soft taco? Cheesy gordita crunch. That's both, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, you're no rookie. You're no rookie. Well, Don't try to slip that shit past me. <laughs> uh, so next episode, we'll be going over skit one, broke, five, broke, uh, leading into drive slow. And getting... Into actually the interesting history of the main sample used in Drive Slow, and mm. uh, getting into some of that, and then how Drive Slow kicks off this second portion of late registration by taking us back to the similar subject matter of heard them say and what that means. Mm, that's quite the tease. Will Drive Slow also have a twist? You got to listen to find out. <laughs> I know there's too many TVs in that damn trunk. <laughs> Baby, that don't make no sense. <laughs> Until then, stay wavy and loopy. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol.